Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Greg Barnes. Ross Martin has the week off. Greg, our weekly Tuesday podcast. This time it's going to be about Carolina baseball. ACC tournament really didn't go as planned. We sort of maybe wrongly had penciled Carolina in with a win over Pittsburgh last time we talked, and that, of course, did not happen. They bounced back and got the second win before being done uh, for the weekend. But looking to the NCAA tournament, that loss to Pitt didn't really hurt them, I don't think. They got a number six national seed. means they host this weekend and the next. Greg, your thoughts on the sixth seed? Yeah, I was a little bit uh, shocked that it was that high. I, I really thought, um, just kind of based in conversations with other people who followed college baseball a little bit closer than I do, as well as looking kind of at the stats, uh, that North Carolina was going to be in a, a dogfight, really, uh, along with, with Georgia and, and Clemson uh, for you know, maybe that final national seed. Because, I mean, if you really look at what North Carolina has done, they've had a great year, went 22-8 and eight in ACC, which, which is good, and uh, number eight in the RPI, number five in the schedule, so all good marks. But they were 10-12 and 12 against RPI top 50 teams. And when you look at the other national seeds, I mean, Florida, number one overall for a good reason, they're 25-14 and 14 versus you know, RPI top 50 teams. FSU was 21-11. and 11. Um, you know, Oregon State, while they didn't play near as many top 50 teams, they were nine and four. So there was a consistent theme of a lot of these uh, national seeds had winning records against top 50 teams, and UNC did not. And so I kind of expected that to knock them down a little bit. But then you also have the fact that uh, Luca Delatri, uh, who was a preseason All-America, uh, came back, uh, looked good against Virginia Tech in that regular season ending uh, series win for the Tar Heels. And then he continued that against uh, Georgia Tech you know, in Durham last week. And so he's he's looked really good. And if you add that type of talent to the rotation, uh, maybe the committee takes that into account as well. And then the other aspect, of course, is uh, Mike Fox alluded to it, uh, that UNC was 22-8 and eight in ACC play. And I know a lot of North Carolina fans were up in arms a few years ago when the Tar Heels did not make it to the NCAA tournament, despite having a top 20 RPI, uh, it's kind of unheard of of a team to be a, you know, that highly rated in the RPI and not get in. But that year, UNC was 13-7 and seven, uh, in the ACC. And so Coach Fox thought it was a, a big key that you know, going 22-8 and eight in ACC really helped them, whereas a couple of years ago, that losing record in ACC play really hurt them. Looking at the field, or at least the region for Carolina, they, they get A&T um, is a local team they've played once before. I read somewhere 
Um, somebody thought Purdue may be a little overseeded, Houston a little underseeded. So that sort of balances out. The bottom line, though, and, and it's what Mike Fox said in his weekly, is that you got to pitch. And, and pitching wins these things. Carolina starts Friday, 2 o'clock against A&T. Your thoughts on the rotation? I got to think Delatre will be the Saturday starter, but what's your thoughts? Yeah, well, let's let's mention this first. Uh, North Carolina teams under Mike Fox have always been good pitching teams and always have been good defensive teams. This particular year, it's been different because this is not the best fielding team that he's had. He's he's harped on that aspect all season long. And it has not been the the best pitching team. Now, not having Delatry plays a big role in that. But I believe the stat is that UNC is six and eighteen this year uh, when scoring five or fewer runs. And so what that tells us is, you know, if if you're banking on North Carolina shutting down an opponent, um, the stats really don't support that this year. Um, so I think we have to begin there, and that that's kind of a critical aspect of it. Now, in terms of how you want to play this out this weekend, we have this conversation every year. And rarely do you have a situation uh, where North Carolina doesn't throw their their ace on Friday just because that, that game is so important. And so then you get into the conversation, okay, well, who is UNC's ace? I mean, we knew coming into the season it was Delatry, but he's only started two games. Um, he, he acknowledged in that Georgia Tech game that in the later innings, uh, that he was starting to get a little bit tired. And so he, he's on his way back. Uh, he's not there, at least endurance-wise, quite yet. And so where do you, what do you do with that hierarchy? And I think that's the interesting, interesting question because UNC really, without Delatry, they really haven't had a number one guy all year long. Uh, Cooper Criswell has been the guy that's kind of stepped into that role the last couple weeks. Uh, but you know, he was not doing that for, for much of the season. That really didn't start to the end of April. Uh, and so who do you go with on, on Friday and who do you go with Saturday? And the conversation, of course, being you know, Saturday is that winner's bracket uh, game. And if you win that game on Saturday after winning Friday, you're set up perfectly to, to win the regional. As we know, last year, North Carolina threw their ace, uh, J.B. Bacacus, pitched against Davidson. And that Friday game, and a lot of people on the boards were critical of that decision. Uh, but as we, we see how it played out, uh, you know, North Carolina lost that game, and they fell into the loser's bracket and were unable to kind of battle their way out. So uh, I think it is a, an interesting conversation, but I think it's more about who does UNC see as their number one guy right now, not necessarily trying to hold their best guy to Saturday, uh, and, and maybe we'll have a good idea of what they think about where Luca is in his return once they announce who actually starts on Friday. Let's talk a little bit about how these regionals work. And I know a lot of our listeners know because they follow Carolina baseball, but basically I've always thought you need to win the first and second game because it doesn't really matter which one you lose if you lose one of those two, you're in the same type jam. Is that your thought? I mean, I know that's how that works in the College World Series, but basically the College World Series is the same type deal, four-team bracket. So winning the first two is paramount for this North Carolina team or any team in these regionals. Your thoughts there? Yeah, I totally agree with you. And 
the conversation, you know, the, the previous question about do you hold your ace for that Saturday night game, uh, I, I think kind of tells you everything you need to know because that is the game that's most important. But as you say, if you don't win Friday, <laughs> you're not in that game on Saturday. And most college teams, and even when you get to the elite of the elite, you know, the national seeds, even this holds true for most of those teams, you really only have a, a legit three-man rotation. You've got you know, somebody or a couple guys during the week that you throw uh, in those, those you know, non-conference games really to kind of use that as a training ground, to really let those guys uh, build up and, and learn how to play. Now, when you have elite talents, I believe it was Robert Wood, or pitching coach now, who, who maybe his first year or so pitched during the week and was undefeated and you know, that, that led to greater things. Um, but most of the time, that's an opportunity to kind of bring guys along slowly against lesser competition. And so when you get into these situations like this weekend with the regional, if you, if you win all your games, you're going to go three and O and that means that your, your pitching rotation is intact. So whoever wins that Saturday night game, kind of the winner's bracket title game, if you will, uh, that puts them into Sunday night and they can pitch their Sunday guy or whoever, you know, the coaching staff decides to pitch. But if you lose the Saturday night game or even the, the Friday game, kind of to your point, now all of a sudden, you know, if you lose, like last year, North Carolina lost Friday to Davidson. Well, they were in a situation at that point in time. They had to win four straight games. They had to win Saturday afternoon. They had to win two on Sunday. And then they would have to win another one on Monday. So now you're talking about not just your weekend rotation of three pitchers. You've got to find two other guys to pitch to start to get out of the region. Uh, and that is just an incredibly tough ask. And what you typically see is if teams are able to come out of the loser bracket, uh, they end up having a staff day, whether it be sometime on Sunday or that game Monday night. Uh, you know, I think everybody remembers back, I believe it was 13 where North Carolina uh, was taken to the brink in the regional against Florida Atlantic. And they ended up having to throw Ken Emanuel again. Um, you have to keep pitch Friday and they had to bring him back uh, the following Monday or Tuesday, just for a few innings, just to try to you know, be able to get out of that, uh, that region. So a lot of uh, stress on your, your bullpen and your, your pitching staff, if you're not able to win those, those first two games. Yeah, I remember that game. I was at one of those games that region, and I remember Mike Fox caught quite a bit of heat for throwing Manuel, Emmanuel there. Yep. Um, and so it goes, and that started sort of the discussion about overuse of pitchers. Looking at the region at a whole, as a whole, uh, Carol, and I'm looking at the RPI ratings, Carolina's eighth, Purdue 31, 45, and 213. On its face, that looks pretty solid for North Carolina, but Purdue is awfully hot, and Houston has shown how good they are by, I believe, sweeping ECU during the regular season. Not a cakewalk region um, for North Carolina by any stretch. Um, certainly not the big baseball names, though, other than Carolina. Yeah, and I think kind of the, the interesting thing is if you look at Houston, they've got two really good pitchers. Um, and I think that's going to be the challenge for North Carolina. If Houston's able to get by Purdue on Friday, um, then you're going to have to you're going to have to have some success at the plate against good pitchers. And projecting forward, 
you know, North Carolina, or this Chapel region is matched up with the, the Stetson region uh, down in uh, Deland, Florida. And Stetson has like three legitimate pitchers. That's why they've had such a phenomenal year this year. And so North Carolina is going to have to have a lot of success at the plate. And that also means they're also going to have to pitch very well. And so this is not going to be a, an easy task for the Tar Heels. Uh, but yeah, I think people tend to overlook Purdue. I mean, if you look, they say thirty-seven and nineteen. They're five and eight against RPI top fifty. Uh, not all that impressive. But then you start to look kind of what they've done of late. I mean, they've won twenty-one of their last twenty-four games. That's that's not easy to do. I mean, in baseball, uh, and they actually you know, lost in the Big Ten uh, championship game to Minnesota. Uh, who's who's one of the better teams in, in the country and is hosting this weekend. So if, while they haven't beaten some of these elite RPI teams, you know, they did sweep Michigan to close the regular season. Uh, you know, Michigan's top 60 RPI, uh, had a couple top 50 RPI wins in the, in the Big Ten tournament. So the Boilermakers are playing strong as well. So I think regardless of who wins between Purdue and Houston, uh, that's going to be a challenging game on Saturday night, if North Carolina can get past A&T, and I think there's a lot of people listening to this who are probably at that A&T game back in March, I believe. North Carolina won that one 1-0. to So uh, certainly that's not a game that North Carolina is going to take lightly either. Let's talk about the health of Carolina. How healthy are they? I mean, at this point in the season, you just kind of roll with what you've got. I know they've, we've talked about uh, Delatry and other guys have been injured, but at this point in the season, you just got to play. And if you're not available, you're just not available. Talk about that situation for North Carolina. Yeah, you're getting, of course, getting Delatry back is, is kind of the big key there. Uh, when I talked to him before he pitched against Georgia Tech in the ACC tournament, uh, he, he thought that in a, in a manner of two to three weeks that he would be back up to, to speed in terms of uh, his endurance. And so that kind of projects out that you know, maybe this weekend, but most likely you know next weekend, if North Carolina were to advance, he'd, he'd be feeling pretty good going into that super regional matchup. Uh, so he's he's back, getting close to where he needs to be. And then, of course, the, the other one that a lot of people are concerned about is is Cody Roberts, uh, who's a phenomenal catcher. He's had a very good year at the plate, uh, and you know he took a uh, a shot. Uh, I guess we can say to the privates. Um, as a catcher, that's, that's something <laughs> I think we all fear. Uh, the, the cup worked, um, but he's still in, in recovery mode. And how soon he actually will be back uh, at this point in time, we don't know. But Mike Fox did tell us last week that, that Cody hoped to be back this season. Uh, so that would suggest that he's not that far away. Uh, but if he's, if he's ready to go this weekend, uh, time will tell. But I think there's the opportunity for him to come back if North Carolina keeps winning games. Do you think, and let's talk about this a little bit. We've talked about rest, and it kind of goes into the the time change of the Friday games. And I've seen your post on the message boards and folks' thoughts about that. Do you think that losing out relatively early in the ACC tournament or not having to play on the weekend, do you think that helps this team at all, or does it really matter um, giving us a week? Or do you think um, – it hurts them not having that weekend series, so to speak, last weekend while they sat at home during the, the semis and the finals of the ACC tournament. Yeah, I'm, I'm a believer that you play as long as you can play um, because winning breeds winning. I, I think it's a positive thing that they 
they dominated Georgia Tech the way they did. Uh, but Georgia Tech knew that was going to be their last game of the season. Um, and North Carolina really used that game as an opportunity for, for Delatry to kind of get another start. So that, that was key. That's important. And a lot of people say that was a meaningless game. Well, not really from UNC's standpoint. But I think the other issue and the reason they could have used more, um, more games is because when you bring Delatry back into the, the mix, now you're trying to figure out what are you going to do with your rotation? Uh, because, you know, Chriswell was able to start against Pitt. Um, you know, not the best game, but it was okay. Okay, start. But then you're in a situation where, you know, Bergner doesn't get a start. Uh, and he got some time. And then Tyler Baum, who's, who's been your, your, your Saturday-Sunday guy last couple weeks, uh, he, he didn't get a start. And so you would like to see those two guys, you know, get starts if possible. Uh, and with, with Delatry coming back, that really set up North Carolina you know, to be in good position to play for the ACC tournament. And it's one thing to say, you know, well, you know, if we're talking about having to win five games. Maybe you can tax your bullpen then. But when you're only playing four games max, I don't think that's an issue. And I think the more you play, the more competitive games you can play, uh, the better this time of year, especially considering that in North Carolina was red hot in April. And uh, then they go into that exam break and they come out. And you know, at that point in time, they're struggling. I mean, I, I think they had won five of 10 for a stretch there before maybe that Georgia Tech game. So um, I, I think the more you play, the, the better. And I think it would have benefited North Carolina to play more. Uh, but such as it is, you know, you get into a situation where they have a full week off. Um, and so to our earlier point, uh, they have time to get healthy. They're well-rested. So no concerns with, with any of that heading into this weekend. Yeah, it's it's always interesting to me. You know, we talk about Purdue's red hot, Houston's pretty good. Teams can go hot and cold so quickly, uh, especially if another team's ace or another team's pitcher throws a gym and that's the end of that winning streak. It'll be interesting to see how Carolina comes out against A&T. I think that'll be the key uh, for me watching the regional. Do they handle their business swiftly and surely against A&T or do they struggle? And again, it's a game by game thing, but you can sort of get a read on your team how, where they are mentally by the way they come out in that first game. Greg, let's kind of look around the country a little bit. Well, let's stay in North Carolina. Your thoughts on the other um, regions? The NC State's got seems to be a pretty good one for them. Uh, Duke got sent down to Georgia. The Devil went down to Georgia, and Florida State's at home. Your thought on the ACC and their placement in this NCAA tournament? Well, you kind of look at what the ACC has done. I believe the ACC is is third in the RPI, uh, and we've talked about that before. You know, the ACC is solid this year, but certainly not one of their their better years. I think Florida State closing on fire the way that they did probably helps uh, because North Carolina, and Clemson, had already closed pretty pretty strong. So now you're talking about you know, three teams that are that are playing pretty good ball right now. Uh, but your know, state was top five for, for much of the year. And then North Carolina came to town and swept them and, and the Wolfpack really hadn't been the same since. Um, and so you, you look at their bracket and uh, it looks pretty good, but I, I tell you, you know, Auburn for the most part has had a pretty good year. Uh, you know, they, they've played 38 games against RPI top 50 teams, 19 and 19. Uh, and a lot of that is, is that SEC RPI bias just in terms of, you know, 
basically just playing in the ACC and in the SEC, you're going to get a lot of those RPI top 50 games. Um, but you know, they they've played pretty well throughout the season. They had a, a bad stretch where they you know in May where they had to go to Ole Miss and they they were swept down there. But then they they, they still have series from LSU to close out the year. Uh, so I think that's a challenge for for uh, NC State. And then you know I, I think Clemson has a pretty good uh, bracket set up for them as well. Uh, and, and then you know, Duke having to go on the road. Uh, Georgia is another one of those teams where where Georgia has played pretty well. As I mentioned earlier, uh, really thought uh, you know the, the Bulldogs uh, were in competition with North Carolina for a national seed. Didn't quite turn out that way, uh, but they're sixteen and twelve against those RPI top fifty teams, and so that'll be a challenge. But hey, you, Georgia's got to play Campbell in that first round, and Campbell is probably one of the better four seeds, and so that will be an interesting one to to watch on Friday. And I I, I think UNCW could surprise some people down at. Sure. Down in Greenville, yep. I think that's that's an interesting region with East Carolina, South Carolina, UNCW, and then of course Ohio State's at at the three. Uh, Greg, I'm sure we'll talk a plenty. Carolina, two o'clock against NCAA and T on Friday in the Bosch, Purdue and Houston at seven. Of course, this time of year is always weather permitting. Uh, we'll keep you covered right here at InsideCarolina.com. Greg will be on the beat and we'll be reporting it on the inside carolina.com radio show greg thanks for joining me thanks tommy thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of unc sports your home for tar heel football basketball and recruiting <laughs>